Hey, 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 and welcome to Mel's Weekly Waffles. Now, this week has been a bit of a whirlwind. Much to do, much to sort out, and spring has buggered off again. I received a call last week that changed the course of my entire next few weeks. It was the hospital. I had tried to find out what was happening um, a month or so ago because I knew I'd only get one to two weeks notice, which doesn't really give me enough time to sort anything out. I told the surgeon's secretary back then my story, said I, exp- I explained that I ran a business and it would take me some time to dissolve my work and change everybody else's calendars so that everything kept on running without me, blah, 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 and that I needed more than the week or so's notice. Uh, to make sure that everything on riding to health carried on running smoothly without me is vitally important to me and is going to be no mean feat. So I was appealing to her um, better nature that she would give me some information. In August, they told me that I should expect to be getting my operation date sometime November, December. So then I began to pre-warn all my clients that this would happen, allowing them time to mentally prepare for the staff change that would inevitably come later. There were some discussions that went on at this point as to whether it would be better to have it in November so then um, it was over and done with or better to have it in December because it would have less impact on the business because people will be away on holiday, blah, blah, blah. It wasn't actually decided really. Um, It will be when it will be. So that is what changed this week. I got the call from the hospital um, last week. My ears pricked up. Purely because I'd explained that I'd run the business and how difficult it would be to become invisible, she chose to give me an advance call and a little heads up that my knee operation date had been penciled in for the 23rd of October. So I got one month's notice instead of the usual one week. So thank you, that lady. So like I said, the rest of my time from there has been taken up trying to prepare for my departure. And to be honest, it's been a lot more straightforward than I thought. And um, I think it might be because I'd given everybody a pre-heads up and I'd actually been planning for many months, quietly preparing for this day, but by by not actively taking on any new clients, I stopped massaging a number of months ago and mass, uh, passed those clients on to other staff. So when I finally got the date, the final few pieces of the puzzle were surprisingly easy to sort out. And I've now got it all covered, easy peasy, and everyone's happy. Needless to say, everything has been pretty much gone out the window, including exercise, but work-based stuff is all in place. And I've had to make a long list and try and think of all the stuff that I normally do that I need to make a plan for someone else to have to do. And that isn't easy either. So here's the plan. I now officially finish taking appointments on Friday the 5th of October. Then a two-week handover starts Monday the 8th of October with me team instructing with the new staff member the first week and then the new staff member takes over completely in the second week with me still around in the building but not interfering so that by Friday the 19th everything has been in place without me for seven days um, with me still in the background in case there's any glitches or questions. So that makes me feel confident that this will continue to run smoothly and my team are more than capable of sailing this boat without me. 
The plan after the operation is to be back in admin operations remotely from at home as soon as I'm well enough. And that part, I just don't know how long that's going to take. And then perhaps back on the floor after Christmas, maybe part time to start with. Well, that's the plan. And I like to have a plan. So what does quietly worry me, and this is the thing that might derail my plan, is the drugs and the pain control. Now, I understand that a knee replacement is one of the most um, painful joint replacements you can have. I also know that drugs have not worked well for me so far, and so I actually stopped taking them in June completely, and I'm now on anti-inflammatory diet and turmeric capsules, and that's all. So the way the drugs perform post-op and getting the pain under control and being well enough to function is the things that might scupper these plans but who knows I'm just gonna have to wait and see it's also interesting you know because uh, time hop this week reminded me that it was my very first world championships on the Gold Coast the very same time as the Gold Coast is hosting the world championships again for the first time since that day nine years ago I was there I was saying to a friend in the pub yesterday, my goal used to be that competing on the world stage when I was in the 60s plus age group, very quickly I had to adjust that goal and now I merely hope to still be walking smoothly on both my own feet when I'm 60 plus age group. How, how times change. Still, onwards and upwards, there's no point in being miserable about it, is there? Which brings me on to a very interesting talk I listened to this week by a lady called Di Foster. She was diagnosed with terminal breast cancer eight years ago. Yep, she is still here. The gist of her talk was that you have to grab today and live life for the now, talking about her entire life perspective changing and how she decided that she needed to make her limited remaining time as happy as possible. Then she realised that that was impractical, so instead she chose to live in the here and now. Here were her top four tips. Number one, be grateful. Number two, make the best of today. Number three, reframe all negatives into positives. Number four, live your own life, not someone else's. Curious, because everything she said were things that I've already learnt like a hammer to the head the day I got a call to say my beautiful mother Margaret had died. I felt like she was talking about a life I already had, that I already saw one that no one else seems to be able to see unless you have looked death in the face. I find that quite frustrating that it takes something so extreme for us to truly see the here and now. I hate that uh, that I can't run anymore, that top level competition was taken from me. But I'm grateful that I still wake up each morning to see tomorrow. No, really, I really am grateful because my mother can't. Make the best of today. That's a tricky one. I do always try to see a positive in each day. My diary has a box on each page, actually, to write the positives into. And I do this religiously so that I can reflect on the week and see the true positives. Because otherwise, that would not be my default. Because my default is always the negative. So I do my best to address that one. I do my best to see positives in my situation. I cover up my knee injury so well that some people have no idea that 
and those that do still have no true idea of the pain that it causes me, I don't think. I get sideways funny looks because I have a disabled badge like, what's wrong with you? That's how well I cover it up. I still climb hills. I still ride my bike when I can. Tomorrow is always a new day. The day I quit teaching and deliberately made myself redundant was the day I truly started living my life for me and no one else. I was done with the stress, the chores, the hate. I'd fallen out of love with the job and the life is far too short to spend it doing stuff that you hate. So like I said, Di Foster was preaching to the converted here. It made me sad to see so many people inspired by her That indicated that they were all still stuck in the hatred and the mundane. I was also sad that I had to lose my mother to make this discovery. I'm going to finish with a sound clip. We went to Riverton today to have a picnic. One of my favourite places and on my mum's anniversary, I always go and sit on the hill at Riverton and watch the sea. Just compare this to last week's scene. I'll let you describe what type of shoreline it is after I've played the clip. So hopefully you can hear that there are much bigger waves there. Um, We're on the coast at Riverton and it's an open bay. It's a big, it used to be a really big fishing village and you're looking out to um, Stewart Island and then the South Pole, actually. That's where we are there. So the waves are pretty big and the, the beach is a shingle beach and it's quite steep. So you get good barrel rolling waves that crash up onto those rocks, which are all volcanic rocks. They're quite clearly magma that has been pushed up um, from years past. So I'll just play it to you one more time. 